This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. How nice is this? Violet's nanny is giving me like a free overnight of babysitting for my birthday so I can like go somewhere. Ooh, that sounds like the perfect time for our 20th anniversary trip. Ooh, uh, Vegas, anyone? Definitely. I'm going to start looking at places today. Yeah, I love it. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in Ojai, right outside of LA, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Liz. That's me, Liz Craft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In today's episode, we are passing off worry to the experts. Intriguing, Sarah. Then in Take a Hike, we'll talk about the value of having a daily count. And in The Craft and Fane, we'll discuss the difference between a big bullseye and a small bullseye. Finally, this week's Hollywood hack comes from a member of our Facebook group. But first, Liz, we've got updates on summer themes from our listeners. Tammy said, just wanted to share my summer theme and how I posted it in my studio. Summertime and the living is easy. It reminds me to take it easy as it is a beautiful summertime to be enjoyed. My word of the year is sunshine and my husband's word is purpose. I changed out this little sign every season, but my summer theme seems very special for some reason this year. And she sent us a picture of one of those boards where you can put the letters in to create whatever you want. And it looks so fantastic. It says summertime and the living is easy in the bottom. It says purpose, sunshine, 2022. Yes, I love that. And then our listener, Caitlin, says, my summer theme is cherish. I've been lucky enough to stay home with my two babies for three years, and this fall they will both go to school. I tear up thinking about the fact that I only have six more weeks of this chapter. When I came to this realization, I decided to let everything else go. I'm going to go easy on diet and exercise, house projects, cleaning everything. None of that matters right now, and there will be plenty of time in the fall. It's a relief being able to focus on that theme and let as much of the noise go as I can. So that's so sweet, isn't it, that she's cherishing her last weeks just home with her babies? It is. I love that. Okay, Sarah, it's time for the treadmill desk sub in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches, and this week it's passing off worry to the expert. And this came out of basically a conversation you and I had where we were deciding that we needed to do this. (laughs) Exactly. This is a time where we could choose 
to worry a lot because we have sort of multiple things going on, multiple fronts and negotiations and all of these things. And we decided this time we are going to let other people do the worrying for us, specifically our manager, Diane Fraser, and our lawyer, J.R. McGinnis. Yes. And um, well, one, Sarah, we can only do this because we have complete faith in them. Like we really feel like they have our backs. They are experts. They know what they're doing. And so we feel very comfortable passing off the worry to them. But here's what I will say. This really, I have to give you the credit for this because I was not in this mode of thinking. I have been very stressed, existentially stressed, (laughs) practically stressed. And you talked me down and said, look, let them worry about it. It, it'll all become clear. And I said, you're right. And we have this great summer where, yes, we are still working every day somehow, <laughs> but it, but we're in vacation mode despite that. And I'm like, yes, don't let me ruin my beautiful summer with this spinning out worry. So you were very wise to suggest we pass off the worry to the experts. Yeah, we've talked about how we have decided that this summer – We are going to be in vacation mode because, I mean, it's been 20 years, literally, since we have had time off, I'm saying off in quotes, in the summer. (laughs) So, like, the notion of spending that time worrying just feels like, no, we can't waste this. This is, we need to cherish this to go back to what Caitlin was was saying. And also what makes it easier is that we know the pattern of how these things go. Right. They will make an offer, whoever the they is, that is offensively low, and we will hit the (laughs) roof, or maybe less so now because we're expecting it. And then our reps will say no, and then the real negotiating begins at that point. Yeah. That is always the process. So I also think we're less likely to do the hitting the roof part because we'll just be like, okay, now can we please have a real conversation? Yeah. And what I love about JR and Diane is we know that they are not full of shit and (laughs) that they will tell us truly what they think, whether something is a good idea or a bad idea or a deal is a good deal or a bad deal. And we know that they are working in our best interest. So, I mean, we have a lot of trust. Yes, we really do. And I think... What makes this notion of passing off worry to someone else a compelling notion is that everyone can do this. This isn't just like if you have a manager or an agent or a lawyer, you can do this. You can choose to say, I'm going to pass this worry about this school thing off to my spouse, or I'm going to pass off worry about this element of the project to my coworker. But as you're saying, it really does require trust. Yes, I mean, you can even say, I'm going to pass off my kid getting up and around every morning to my kid. To my kid, yes. I'm going to let my kid worry about getting himself up in the morning. Yes. I haven't gotten there yet, but that's my goal. (laughs) Sorry, that cracks me up. (laughs) I believe in Jack. I think he can get himself up. (laughs) Yeah, I know he can. He always points out he can. He just doesn't want to. Yeah, yes. 
So anyway, let us know if you've passed off worry to an expert and if it's eased your mind and what happened. Coming up, we're counting our way to contentment, but first this break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Liz, it's time for Take a Hike, in which we discuss physical, mental, or spiritual health. Today, it's mental. Have a daily count. You can pick the subject. So explain this, Sarah, because this came from Violet. Yes. So we're in Minnesota right now, but even when we're in Ojai, Violet always has a daily nature count. It's quite a different count in Ojai than it is in Minnesota. <laughs> a lot uh-huh. more lizards in Ojai. But it's kind of a take on a gratitude journal or a one-sentence journal every day near the end of the day. And she does it verbally, but you could ju- you could also write it down. And actually, it would be great to write it down so you'd really have a record of it. She does her daily nature count. So today it was 15 bear because we went 15 bears because we went to a bear center, five deer, a chipmunk, and a dog. Yesterday was four deer, a snake, nine fish, boatload of crawdads, and a dock spider. And she does it every single day. And it's like, I love it. That part of the day when she recounts her nature watch is like one of my favorite parts of the day. That is so nice. And it's almost like a gratitude journal or a one sentence journal. It's like just picking out, not trying to have everything in your day, what happened, but like for Violet, it's just the animals she saw. And for someone else, it could be something else. And it's just taking that moment to appreciate something that matters to you. Yes, exactly. Like a bird watcher could do this with birds. Or like you were saying, you could do this with how many friends or family you talk to in a day. Every day you could just go, okay, I talked to Liz, I talked to Leslie, I texted with Kareen. And you feel like, okay, I have been a good part of my community. Yes. Well, you could also do it with like what you read different articles, a book. You could do it with TV shows you watched if you're me and you're constantly logging TV shows. (laughs) You could also do it weekly, by the way. I mean, a lot of people post what I read this week. My sister does that. Um, I think Jackie Penn, our friend, does that. So there's a lot of ways you could do this because it's maybe how many books you read a day is tough, but how many books you read in a week is easier to count. Yes, but you could do how many pages you read in a day or how many words you read in a day. Well, that would be tough to count. Well, doesn't it say that on your computer? It says word count. I bet we could do that. 
Well, of that you, it's easy to count the words you write. It's harder to count the words you read. True, but you could do pages. How many pages you've read? Yes. Anyway, the point is, we love the idea of having a daily count, or as you say, a weekly count, just to kind of keep track of one small thing that's important to you and makes you happier. Yes. So come up with a daily count or perhaps a weekly count if that works better for you. Okay, Sarah, it's time for our segment, The Craft and Fane, where we discuss the craft of writing for television, because although it's an art, it is also a craft. Today, we are going to talk about something that comes up in our writer's room almost every day. (laughs) Yes. And this is the notion of a big bullseye versus a small bullseye. Now, this is not something we can take credit for. We, We are stealing this from a writer named Matt Miller. We worked with him on The 100 and on 666 Park Avenue. He's one of the most hilarious people in Hollywood, I would say. And one of the smartest because we literally, as you say, talk about this big bullseye, small bullseye notion all the time. And the idea is when you're writing or doing many things, um, but when you're writing, some things are a big bullseye and some things are a small bullseye. And it doesn't mean that you can't hit a small bullseye, uh, but it's much harder than a big bullseye. So if someone's pitching some story point, Matt would often say, ah, that's a very small bullseye, meaning, can we really make that work? Or they might pitch something and he'd say, ooh, that's a big bullseye. I like that. (laughs) And we have very much adopted this. Yes. And I think a key element of this is it's not a statement of quality. Both Big bullseyes and small bullseyes can be amazing. So like we were talking about an example of a small bullseye show is Barry, which is so good, but could also go so wrong. (laughs) Yes. For anyone who doesn't know, Barry is about a guy who is a professional assassin who comes to L.A. to kill someone but gets drawn into an acting class And then the series is about him trying to make it as an actor and trying to get out of being an assassin and, you know, what happens. And it is tonally a very small bullseye, but because the people behind it are absolutely brilliant, the show is incredible. But placed in the wrong hands, that concept, as you said, Sarah, could just be horrible. Awful. Yeah, and instead, it's literally one of our favorite shows for both of us. And then an example of a big bullseye show, I would say, is Yellow Jackets. Again, a fantastic show, one of my favorite shows of the year by far. But the idea is a pretty big bullseye. Yeah, so it's about a girls' soccer team um, is on a plane, I think, to Nationals, and their plane goes down and they have to survive. And that's in the past. And then in the present, you know, they're, it's, it's years later and they're all living their lives and dealing with the trauma of that and what happened. And it's back and forth between the two time periods. And I mean, you can just say kids surviving a plane crash, that's a big bullseye. Like there's many things you could do in that realm that is going to be entertaining and meaningful and um, relationships to mine. There's lots of things you could do that are going to make people like the show. Yes. 
Like, I happen to love the approach that they took to the show. I found it incredibly entertaining and wonderful. But yeah, you could you could make it a really intense, dark drama. You could make it, well, it would be hard to make it funny. You'd have to have the Barry people come in to make it super funny. But it's like there are many <laughs> ways you could approach it, and all of them would create a really good dramatic TV show. Yeah, and one way that you can sort of identify small bullseye versus big bullseye is think like if you see an ad for a show or a movie that just looks terrible, it could be that it's a bad idea or it could be that it was just a small bullseye idea that was executed badly. Yes. And this is something that we think about before we make story decisions. You know, you have to say, is this idea a big bullseye or a small bullseye? And in the context of this story, can we pull off the small bullseye? Or do we say, no, we're going to do something else? (laughs) Yes, exactly. Sometimes you want to go for that small bullseye, but you just have to know that it's going to take extra care. Yes. And Sarah, I'm sure this also applies in many other areas of work. Like oftentimes we talk about advertising and advertising, I'm sure there's small bullseyes and big bullseyes. You know, if you're trying to sell something, I'm sure there's some things that are easy to sell and some things that are much harder to sell. Yes. Okay, coming up, (laughs) our Hollywood hack is literally keeping tabs, but first this break. It's time for this week's Hollywood hack, the power of the post-it note. This comes from Andrea in our Facebook group. She actually posted a picture of what she does, and it is genius. Okay, so she wrote, my husband is out of town for 10 days. Usually when he's gone, I binge watch, procrastinate, and get very little done. So this time I put small projects on multiple post-its, stuck them on the mirror, and each one will be removed as the task is complete. This satisfies my need to see visual reminders. Hopefully by the time he's back, there will be nothing on the mirror. Yeah, and the picture is so great because she's cut the post-its into strips or if she had small post-its, but it's all these strips uh, with different things written on them, like make Make sausage sausage rolls rolls and (laughs) half-hour workout is one, sort the china, clean the closet. And it's just really fun because you can imagine how satisfying it would be to like pull one off the mirror. Yeah. And it's not just, you know, a few of them. There's like 30 of them on the mirror. So like if you accomplished that and pulled all of them off, you would feel amazing. Yes. So we'll definitely link to a photo of this in our show notes, which you can find at happierinhollywood.com because it's super fun to look at. Yeah. And I also, Liz, was thinking this would be great for other family members. Like I do sticky notes for Violet with little check marks, Mm. which works great. But to change it up, I could just do one little post-it for each thing. And she would be psyched to like take it off and throw it in the trash every time she gets something done. Yeah. And you know, Sarah, we could do this. Should we ever work together in the same office again? We could do this at work. You know, it'd be like hand in the outline for, I'll be optimistic and say 303, you know, talk to casting about XYZ. We could have all of ours on little post-it notes. And some of our things like are daily and some are weekly, but it could be satisfying for us to pull those off and then, you know, go home when the mirror was empty. 
I love it. We'll do that, Liz, as soon as we're actually able to be in an office. (laughs) Which, yeah, at this point feels like it will never happen, but you know, you never know. It probably will. Okay, that's it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. For questions or comments, email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and please follow us if you haven't already. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Sankola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sankola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Listen to the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, Do the Thing with Whole30's Melissa Urban, and Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at SFain and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. This time delay is driving me crazy. I know. it's. It feels like it's like three full seconds. Should we count? Yeah, yeah, let's do. Who's counting, you or me? <laughs> I'll, okay, I'll count. One, two, three. Wait. <laughs> How does this work? You say one, two, three, and then I, I respond. One, <laughs> and then you four, five, six, because then okay. we see how long it is. Gotcha. Okay. Do it again. One, two, three. <laughs> four, five, six. One, two, three. Oops. Four, five, six. <laughs> oh my God. We can't even do this. We suck at this. <laughs> um, I think we the upshot is we have an extremely long delay, and this is going to be a very awkward conversation, which hopefully Chuck can fix. Yes. From the Onward Project.